off the boards and into the corner for the captain. Tavares into the slot. Tavares works wide, got the shot away. It was just wide. Riley's backhand, looking behind him. Another shot, they score! Mitch Marner wins the game in overtime on a rebound in front of the goal. What a game. Lee Station post game. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me. Gordo, you know, they're all fun. We love Leafs hockey, but a night like tonight, if you can't be smiling after that, I don't know what's going to leave you smiling. Leafs, 4-3 winners in overtime. Yeah, not going to start with the negative about, you know, I hey, they were pretty loud. Whatever number of fans there were, what about 500? But boy, that would be a great, great game. That building, Scotiabank Arena, would be rocking tonight like it was uh, so long before this latest pause. But yeah. I loved it. I loved it. I wanted to see the t- we wanted to see the team being challenged by better opponents because they've had kind of a weaker run at it. And uh, give me more of this. If this is uh, if this was an e- is if this is an Eastern Conference final, that would be awesome because the Carolina Hurricanes are a great team to uh, try to assess. You know what where your team stands, and I guess the Toronto Maple Leafs probably likewise the way they've been playing, Brent. Yeah, it was Sheldon Keefe who, who came out and said it after the first game these two teams played. I think it was a 4-1 loss to the Hurricanes earlier on this season saying that's what a Stanley Cup caliber team looks like. As the season's gone on, I think everybody's pointed to Carolina and said, yeah, that that's the blueprint of how you want to build your team. And the Leafs, you know, I didn't even want to say hung with them. I think at times they took the game to them. That just looked like two of the, I don't know, pick your number, two of the top five teams in the NHL right now over the course of this season. And, and that's what it looks like when you have two quality teams kind of trading chances keeping things quiet you know the the hurricanes are so stingy defensively they, they just don't give you much of anything and you know this has been kind of a, a recurring topic we've talked about with this team Gord is that yes you know the this team can score beautiful goals off the rush and it's important to be able to do that and they weren't really able to generate a ton that way tonight but look at where all the goals came from really greasy in tight and you need to score goals like that to advance in the playoffs and that's what we always talk about mattering with this team so I think I think a game like tonight has to give you nothing but confidence that this team can get it done in the playoffs yeah you know and, and it's it's one you can break down in so many positive ways but you start off with speed kills and the Leafs are a real fast team Carolina is probably the fastest team in the NHL they remind me of the Chicago Blackhawks when they were winning three Stanley Cups and it seemed that Patrick Kane had 10 others that skated close to Patrick Kane kind of speed and and you saw that going both ways tonight I mean like these are two really really speedy teams so that was fun this game was played at a real real fast pace you bring up an excellent point about the greasy goals the other you know little things um, I know playoffs will be different in, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It won't be the uh, kind of three-on-three the way it is now. But I love the way the Leafs kept puck control. Kerfoot was one of the guys. They just kept puck control. They made changes. Nobody got out there too long. And really, what, they have the puck like the last 90 seconds before they finally put it in. And I, I, I just like that kind of composure and presence presence of mind and, and, and taking control of it because that's something, you know, in quite often it's helter-skelter, hell-bent for leather, end-to-end, right, those five-minute overtimes. And this was one that the Leafs just said, we got the puck and we're going to play keep-away. Yeah, it's funny. They were on the ice for, for the winner, so good on them. But the only real rough stretch of the three-on-three overtime was the start when the Leafs had their pick of the litter out there. It was Tavares and it was Marner. I'd imagine it was Riley who started as well. And, you know, you uh, and, you know, this is as good a point as any to mention, of course. You know, the biggest thing to take out of tonight's game is whatever ends up happening with Austin Matthews' health. You know, he takes the knee to the back of the head. We all know that guy is the most important player for what this team is going to look like and be this season. But if I tell you there's 
there's a three-on-three overtime that Austin Matthews doesn't touch the ice and the Leafs dominate play that way. There is a stretch out there where it's it's Mikheyev, Kasha, and Brody. And not that you don't trust any of those players, but I don't think you think of them as guys who can kind of drive offensive play in and of themselves by themselves. And the fact that that, that group was able to come through and get it done. And yeah, three-on-three, three, it doesn't mean anything for the playoffs, but I think it does tell you a little something about those players. So yeah, I mean, t- tons to love about the way the way they battled in in overtime, the way they were able to control the play there. Uh, we should probably mention the guy who got the winner. He got the last two goals. Uh, Mitch Marner goals fifteen yeah. and sixteen on the season for him. Gord, uh, he he's been on an incredible run right now. It's goals in nine straight, I believe. Uh, and uh, you got McK- and McKeon. By the way, he was he excelled at keep away in the in the overtime, and you want to see yep. him grow more and more. He's been doing that what the last month. Yeah, Mitch Marner. Now, just when Austin Matthews had that consecutive goal streak come to an end, uh, Mitch Marner's back at it, trying to trying to set the all time team record. It's uh, boy uh, to go back to you know there were a couple. Uh, Trocheck had to leave the ice, but Morgan Riley drew a penalty, just making sure Trocheck didn't get seriously hurt. He was kind of trying to help him in the, against the boards, and you saw Nino Niederreiter be very sportsmanlike about Austin Matthews. Like Austin Matthews was. Not anywhere close to the John Tavares Corey Perry collision, but it was kind of like that. That going full speed, falling down, and I think it was Pesci coming around. His knee clipped his head. So yeah, people will sometimes wonder what the concussion spotters are doing. Well, you know sometimes, but this would have been one that you didn't need the concussion spotter. Uh, Austin Matthews went to the dressing room, and that's something you're not going to get any chances with. And you know he possibly could have a minor concussion or maybe some neck thing. Hopefully that's not the case. He skated off under his own power. But uh, that's the only, you know, injuries are part of the game, but that's the only one little, little, little concern area after a night like what tonight on the ice against Carolina. Yeah, and I mean, let's let's not understate it, right? If this team's without Austin Matthews for any any stretch of time, that's that's a big concern. You know, this team this team has a lot of forward depth, but they don't necessarily have a ton of center depth. You know, you're probably looking at a world where it's Alex Kerfoot back uh, up the middle. I know they've tried it in the past with Nylander, although I think that experiment is is kind of dead and gone. Uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, uh, we we don't have to worry about a world where that is the case because uh, we we don't know. Obviously, uh, you know, him taking the knee to the back of the head there. It happened very, very late in regulation. Uh, was not on the ice for any of three-on-three overtime. So we will we will see what ends up happening with Matthews. Uh, but again, he scores goals 30 and 31 on the season. He gets the first two for the Leafs. Uh, it's Mitch Marner who gets the last two in what is a 4-3 uh, uh, overtime win for this team. Uh, I should probably talk about the goaltenders, Gord. Uh, a lot yeah. of money on the board tonight. I, I guess only Mrazek has to pay it out. Uh, Freddie Anderson coming home tonight. Uh, Peter Mrazek uh, facing his old team. You know, it's weird. And then it's not a goaltender trade that happened, but it was a it was a swap. And uh, you know, I think I think both guys played pretty well tonight. Uh, Mrazek, I, I've really got to give it up to you know. Maybe I don't love the Tony D'Angelo goal, but I, I thought he really battled well. Absolutely, absolutely, Brandon. Early on, it was Freddie Anderson was the story, and there's you know, it's it's more. You know, being back to Toronto, and he did get the video, and he did deserve it. And there were 500 fans who did make it, you know, sound at least loud. They were, uh, they were engrossed in the game. But I, I, I'm with you that Peter Morazic, again, hasn't played a lot. Like Freddie is playing all the time. You know, kind of going for the Vesna Trophy in many, many ways. He's going to get uh, that kind of consideration, and we know that the second half of the season, uh, Peter Mrazek's got to got to find his way, got to find a role, got to hope, got to stay healthy. And, uh, and certainly tonight, yeah, that, that was a plus that, that became, I, I don't even know if people, people probably assumed Jack Campbell was going to start. 
Uh, I think this was an. Uh, I, I like that Sheldon did this, and I know I know Jack Campbell was at the All Star game, so that's part of the consideration. But I remember when uh, Mike Babcock wouldn't start Freddie in Anaheim because he had remember that he had he never the, yep. never played the second game of back to backs, and and sometimes man, just use common sense, just use common sense, and and that would be part of it tonight. Peter Mrazek against his old team, Carolina. Yeah, it was common sense. I had the exact same reaction as I think a lot of people like, oh, uh, first game from the All-Star break, you'd think Campbell, but Campbell had a busy weekend. It, it's his formal te- or his former team, and like with the point we've been banging home is you're going to need both of these guys down the stretch. You're, you're really going to need uh, both of them. It, it, it's funny. You mentioned uh, you mentioned the whistles tonight. I, I complain about it normally. I can't do that tonight. I did not like the call on Morgan Riley. That felt like a makeup call, but other, other than that, you know, the refs, uh, a lot of times when there's a run of penalties in one team's direction you get ticky tack calls the other way or you you get refs kind of looking away from things and I, I honestly I, you know I guess it's easy to say with the run of power plays the Leafs had but I I thought they called the game pretty cleanly tonight and and it's not always that way when one team is kind of taking the bulk of the penalties you know sometimes officials get caught up in a game that they're just loving it they're kind of going to each other you know they they got to travel a lot there's the mundaneness it's a it's a it's a job uh and then every now and then you're just part of an awesome game and I think tonight was part of it and that you know and I, I'm glad about that because I mean there's a responsibility they understand that a duty to officiate whatever the standards are consistently game in game out but when you have something like that you really want to make sure that you allow the full the flow and the momentum and the skill and all that to continue whenever possible and, and I concur you're you're pretty hard on the officials generally and uh, so for you to say that uh, that speaks volumes about the job they did tonight. Yeah, it also speaks volumes to the amount of power plays uh, the the Leafs had. Uh, they uh, they got four of them to uh, Carolina's one, so may- maybe that's why I like the whistle uh, so 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 much tonight. Um, you know, something that's been a point of, of topic with this team this year has been has been the defense, has been the pairs. How has everybody looked? Uh, Jake Muzzin not back tonight. It seems like he's getting really really close. He was in the regular not he was in the regular contact jersey, not the red non contact jersey. Uh, I think there's a world where he's back for Calgary. You know, I don't I don't by any means look at a game like tonight and say oh man they need they need Jake Muzzin but of course it's only going to help this team when, when that guy gets back and I imagine that pushes Sandine back down into that third pair and not that I think he deserves a demotion by any means I think Sandine's been great but you know Muzzin Muzzin's still going to matter for this team when he comes back well, you're hoping a better Jake Muzzin and a better uh, Justin Hall as well, right? You know, they, they've had ordinary first halves of the season. There was one play that was interesting, and I think in this is what's going to be good, playing better teams. Remember when Justin Hall had the puck behind the Leaf net, and he yep. looked up and he had no options? Like, I haven't seen that all year. Like, he had no option um, uh, as far as where to pass it or to carry the puck out. Just a great example about Carolina's speed and their aggressiveness in covering everybody. And, you know, they ended up getting the puck out, but you could tell Justin Hall was getting the heebie-jeebies, like, kind of panic, like, oh, my goodness, what the hell am I going to do? And uh, he had an unfortunate not knowing where the puck was uh, in, on one of the goals. That was just an unfortunate loss of sight of it. But, yeah, you, got, you know, just... These teams are going to challenge you defensively, and you're going to need Justin Hall healthy and Jake Muzzin healthy, but you're going to need them to play the best we see them play and not the, at times, ordinary play they've had for a lot of the first half of the season. 
Yeah, that that is that is a good point. I think I think if anybody kind of needs a reset after the All Star break, it's it's a guy like Jake Muzzin. We we've all seen him play better than hockey than this. And yes, there's something about aging. And yes, there is a decline as as that happens. But you know, I don't think he's fallen off a cliff quite the way his play has at times this year. And yeah, you would definitely hope that him getting healthy, uh, him getting some time off, and and him just getting to kind of reset in the second half of the season uh, should go a long long way for him. Uh, you mentioned Kasha there. Of course, the Matthews injury is the is the one we're focused on. We'll see what ends up happening with that. Uh, Kasha avoiding an injury tonight. Uh, he took he took a knee in the first uh, the first period from Brendan Smith. There, uh, Wayne Simmons not liking it at all, uh, <laughs> jumping in. I had to laugh at the beginning of that fight, Gord. When Simmons he almost put his hands down, like, "What are we doing? Are you going to fight me? Or are you going to hide behind the linesman?" Uh, I I I have a soft spot. I love that stuff, and I loved it from Simmer. Well, and Smith on the other side is kind of saying, okay, I understand that because uh, there was the knee kind of contact, I should fight. I really don't want to fight you, though. You know, <laughs> like, can you, can you give me, else. <laughs> yeah, can you give me the next class, the next class down about that? But then anyway, he went at it. But that, that that's the kind of rule where, you know, the, the, the good enforcer, the enforcer not costing you by taking an extra minor penalty at all. And, and just those kind of things where, yeah, I, I can still... I still don't get it all the time when clean hits um, mean retribution, but certainly anything a little bit on the on the, on the shady side, which this was, uh, retribution is still part of the game. Yeah, Leafs Leafs a little sensitive to knees as well. Of course, we all remember what happened with uh, with Pionk uh, back back in back in Winnipeg and everything that uh, that came out of that. So uh, yes, uh, better for Brendan Smith to just settle it uh, then then and there. Um, we were just talking about the D for a sec, and this kind of this kind of jumped into me. I guess the fight kind of brought me back to the physical presence element of it. You know, uh, a guy like Timothy Lilligren. I think if there's one place to say, you know, we've we've talked about uh, the little hiccups, the bobbles with the puck, the the gaffes in that way, but. But I think another area of criticism for him this year has been against stronger players, kind of boxing out in front of the net and having those net front battles. And not that I thought he looked like, you know, Darian Hatcher in his prime out there tonight by any means. But I think the fact that you're looking at a defenseman like that, who is so young in his career, and I, I don't know about you, but I don't feel like I had a lot of moments tonight where I'm going, oh, you have to win that battle. Oh, you have to be stronger there for Lilligren. I think the fact that he kind of looked at home as your sixth defenseman in this game, again, I don't want to overstate it. I don't think he looked tremendous. I thought Sandine had moments like that but for a guy like Lilligren to just kind of look at home in a game like this I, I think that says good things about the the kind of comfort level he's finding at the NHL level yeah and, and and Brent you know we talk about it that okay the point is uh if the young player learns from their mistakes or learns from getting experience then that's huge you 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 live with it uh in close games you reduce their minutes you try to put them in uh, not difficult situations when you can control it and that's the hope with Timothy Lilligren uh you mentioned Sandine because that's the one that jumps out I'm, I'm I'm liking his comfort level about handling the puck certainly in overtime as well he was out for a good chunk of it and, and there and, and again part of the learning thing when he was on the power play there there was the one play when that that kind of drop pass that sling yeah. pass that goes I back exactly and re- it, yeah it, yeah it really it really wasn't there but he kind of forced it now it, it didn't it didn't create a scoring chance but it cost them about good 20 seconds or so on the power play to regroup but again th- those are the kind of things uh you know you learn to freelance more because uh, i i like the way he's picking things out and reading the play and not not afraid not afraid to stick with the puck or hang on to the puck a little bit more and there's also been uh, a, um, a good presence about clearing the puck when there's dangerous opportunities 
threes in front of the Maple Leaf net. So uh, so he's more the one that you're noticing. Lilligren continues to be a work in progress, but uh, it's good you pointed out and those kind of positives tonight. Yeah, with, with Sandim, when he first came in, when, when he first started to get some run with this team, and man, I think back to the first game he played in Detroit, and he, he got licked up pretty good. But the thing that jumped out to me about him always was how unafraid he was. For a, a guy who's not that big, he was unafraid to mix it up physically. He was unafraid to take contact. He was unafraid to give contact. And I think the more and more you watch of him, the, the trait of his that just stands out for Sandin is is the poise. There's just no panic. There's no worry. And, and yeah. Yes, for a young defenseman, sometimes, sometimes that's going to bite you where you think you have that extra second or you can buy yourself just, just a little bit more room. But as he gets more comfortable in the league and, and just realizes exactly the speed at which the game is played in here, it, it's just it, that's the thing that jumps out to me is just the comfort he has, the poise. He, he doesn't rush any of the decisions uh he makes it all. Um, you know, we, we talk about the offense tonight, uh, th- this team getting a one, one goal on the power play. You know, one for four, it's far from a night where you, where you bang the drum and say, hey, that's a, that, that's a great job on, on the power play. But I think they were able to generate looks on, on a couple of, a couple of their, their chances. And honestly, I think sometimes, you know, especially with the run of opponents the Leafs have been playing, the Detroits, the Devils of the world, you do kind of have to readjust expectations a little bit against the team like Carolina. And I think the fact that you had a couple, like two of the four power plays I think you really use to generate momentum you get a goal on one of them I think that's that's a job well done for that unit well absolutely absolutely yeah it was it was there they're just uh, again so many positives against an excellent excellent opponent including Austin Matthews second goal about that play in the final minute like a planned play to kind of free him up that Morgan Riley uh, go gets a little aggressive with the puck so Matthews goes to a little bit further back spot that he normally doesn't have open the way Carolina's playing so well so yeah you know I I, I, I like that and of course Mitch Marner with his streak now just the the power play I think so much of it's humming. I mean, it was humming when Mitch was out of the lineup and you kind of kidded what's going to happen when Mitch comes come back, but it's just picked up and maybe got even better. And big part of it is that Mitch is shooting a lot more. Well, that's it, right? He, you know, the the the, the second goal he, he gets tonight, you know, neither of those are, are absolute blistering wrist shots by, by any means, but we've seen him score goals like that. And it's just when the puck starts to go in for a player, they just feel like it's going to happen more often. And yes, he's on a run. And yes, the shooting percentage is going to take a tick down. But this is why this is why the talk of him not being on the first power play unit or should Marner have his own unit? You give him the second unit was always so silly. Anybody out here who, who is doing that? Because this was always how, how it was supposed to be. I'm, I'm so happy you brought up the set play at the end because one, I want to talk about that goal. Man, that, that was beautiful. And and that goal from Austin Matthews, that's the type of thing that sets him apart. We love him scoring the dirty goals. The 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 other one he got that he stole from William Nylander right right in the yeah. crease there. But that goal at the top of right at the top of the circles, there's just not a lot of guys who can do that. And that's the kind of thing that makes him special. So you know we love the 200 foot game. We love the greasy goals. We love how responsible he is defensively. But that's the thing that makes that guy just just special. It's it's there's just such a small small number of players in the league that can do that. Yeah, I think Austin's going to probably have to buy a small insurance policy off William Nylander for those sonnet ads he does on TV. Maybe just to maybe just to make up. But but you know, yeah, it, it, it's funny because at first you wondered was it Tavares's goal, right? Did he touch it before it yep. went in? And then you see the replay, 
and uh, and and Matthews was not stealing it because there was a Carolina player close. So it it it, it that extra little touch uh, was something that wasn't an unadvisable thing to do. So I'm sure they kidded about it a bit. But you like you know, you mentioned the greasy area, and that's pretty well where where they all were, right? That's about as greasy as it gets when the puck's on the goal line and you're able to give it one more tap. Yeah, that that that's exactly what it is, and you're you're right. That wasn't uh, that wasn't stealing cookies. That was making sure uh, the biscuit got in the basket. If I'm gonna uh, you know carry on the cookie analogy there, I'm sure Nylander, uh you know teased him uh, about it a little bit. Uh, Matthews can buy him dinner or something. I'm sure those two guys uh, can can figure it out. Uh, that that look amazing win against the Hurricanes. I think you got a really really strong night out of Peter Morazic. There were stretches of this game where he was the best Leaf, and and th- those are the big takeaways from this game. But you know. I, I, we do kind of have to drill, have to hammer home uh, before we step aside here, Gord, that, you know, massive win for the Leafs tonight. A win like that gives you confidence for the playoffs. But if Austin Matthews isn't healthy, I don't know how much it's going to matter. So the biggest thing coming out of this is, fingers crossed, uh, that, that, that he's okay and it's uh, more precautionary than anything else. And, and another reminder about playoff hockey that you have to have ideally four lines going because teams like Carolina will have four lines going. And Montreal, it, you know, when the Leafs lost those last three games, as we always go back to it, but it wasn't just the big line that couldn't get it done. They just did not have their lines going in the same manner the Montreal Canadiens did. So again, uh, good habits is what you're looking for the second half of the season from the Leafs. Good playoff habits. And tonight they showed it because uh, every line on both sides that came out there uh, was in a hockey game and and was give it was going full bore yeah, they, they were, and uh, I'll give credit to the Leafs, uh, bottom bottom six as well there. We we always love what you what you get out of the camp and Kasha connection there, but I think that fourth line with, with Engvall, Simmons, and Spezza has really been been humming lately as well. Uh, one one little point that I wanted to sneak in before we hear from, from Sheldon Keefe. I know Is it Derek about bunting? Stepp- bunting? No, it's not. No, okay. Although, although I, will, I will say he got away with one. When he, he was able to draw the penalty, but he yeah. kind of uh, headshotted and tackled the uh, Carolina player beforehand, so uh, good on him. I'll give him credit for getting away from it uh i know derek stepan scored tonight but it feels to me like he is dying to be replaced on this team uh by eric stall after he has a good run at the olympics you and i joked about it on the uh the sunday show yesterday uh eric stall is going to captain the men's team uh over in beijing for canada there's some belief he's going to try to catch on and as much as hey i i'd never say no to a to an aging center here in toronto something tells me he won't be able to say no to that hurricanes team uh, if they want him of course he has a history there yeah, I don't, I mean, when I say do they want him, I, I would assume they do. You know, he played so well in the playoffs last year and he would understand his role. But yeah, that that's one of the neat Olympic sideline stories. And you hope he plays well. I, I assume if he doesn't, then maybe he'll pack it in or maybe he's fully committed that um, that would just be kind of like a training camp. But uh, we got Owen Power, the first overall pick on on one side, who we're going to see a lot of in the Atlantic Division. So, you know, make hay now before the Buffalo Sabres. At some point, even by default, they got to start being a really good team at some point. But uh, a mixed bag of different things. And, of course, we have uh, uh, the women to look forward to, Canada-USA, the, the games, uh, the game, and then, I would imagine the gold medal game as well between those two, but can't wait for the men's hockey to get going and good on Eric Stahl. If he, if he gets one more kick at it. 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, Sabres trying to become Oilers East, I think. I don't know if that's as good a thing as they once uh, they once once thought it was. Uh, Leafs, they're back in action on Thursday. Uh, that's when the road trip starts up against the Flames. And hey, Thursday, busy day for hockey in this country because uh, Canada's men, they will kick off their tournament against Germany. Then women in action tonight against the States. Always a fun one. Uh, Gordo, before we step aside, uh, let's hear from Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe. It's early, obviously, but any word on Austin? Uh, no word, really. We'll, we'll have you know, give some time for it to settle down and assess him properly. I actually had a, had him taking a scheduled day off tomorrow anyways, uh, coming back from the All-Star game, so that'll give even more time for for him to get assessed and, and uh, make a determination from there. Some great individual efforts tonight, but overall, to beat a team of that caliber, uh, to start the second half is a big win for you guys. Yeah, it is. And, and a lot of really good things today in the game. I mean, it's not an easy team to play against. You know, they, they make it really hard on you to, you know, to break out, to get to the neutral zone, to play on offense. It's it's really difficult to do that. Uh, really liked, you know, how we stuck with our game. We got a huge power play goal. Great response uh, after that, uh, the face-off play. Huge goal. Obviously, we don't like how we give it right back. Um, but then we're having to respond again, you know, having uh, – um, having to play from behind and, and get the game tied again and, and, and then get the second point. So, uh, you know, a, a lot of really good things for us to, to come out of the game. Like always, when you play a team of this caliber, you go back through it and there's going to be a lot of things that you can learn from and that can help you going forward. And that that will be the case here tonight. Um, but really liked how our guys just stayed with it and uh, found a way to get the points. Yeah, I think so. It's always it's always hard in these games, you know, with with no fans in the building. I mean, I know we had some there today, and and uh, really appreciate those people coming out here tonight. Um, they had them a little closer to the ice today, so you could feel their presence a little bit more. But it's tough to say the playoff thing. I think the, the fans bring so much in regards to that. But on the ice. It was a competitive game. You know, I thought, you know, in the second period, we gave up at times some plays in transition, some odd man rushes that we didn't like. But generally, both teams, I thought, were not, not making it easy uh, on each other to get to the net. And that's really, you know, the playoff feel. Both teams were committed to it, focused on it. Uh, I thought we did a really good job of that. That's, that's their bread and butter as a team. And, and I thought we, we matched that pretty good here tonight. Um, so in that sense, yeah, and then you know, right to the end, it's it's a pretty competitive game. Uh, you know, guys are going back and forth a little bit. There's some stuff between the benches. You know, you got the fight in the first period. There's all those all those pieces. There's you know, two teams that were, you know, we're all in on on competing tonight. I'm sure there's a little extra emotion for for Peter facing his old team. What did you make of the effort he gave you tonight? I thought he was really great. Um, you know, we, we didn't give up a great deal, but when we did, especially in that second period, there's some really good chances there. Uh, and he stood tall on them. And even in the first, there's a lot of activity. They were shooting the puck from everywhere early in the game and, and directing things to the net and tips and rebounds and and uh, point, uh, shots through traffic. And, and he looked really strong. They got him, you know, on the backside uh, tip. And we got to do a better job of tying up that stick on the first goal. But... Yeah, I, I thought he was he was excellent in that second period, especially, and uh, it gives us a chance to find our way in the game and ultimately, you know, uh, to get two points. Do you feel like he's found what you have been looking for in another goaltender? 
Yeah, I see. you can see it coming. I think it's a little early to, to say that, but he's certainly building momentum here, and that's really what we're looking for. And that's part of the reason why you put him in tonight. You know, I thought, you know, he, he came off that great game in, coming in relief in New Jersey, and we didn't start him the next night, and then you've got the break, and, you know, wanting him to get right back to it here today, knowing that, we, you know, it gives us at the same time a chance to get Jack uh, some rest coming off the All-Star break and then ramp up for, for Calgary. But we're going to need two goalies. Yeah, you know, that was coming into the season. We knew that was going to be the case, and it really hasn't been uh, up until the last little bit. Um, the fact that Peter is A, healthy, and B, uh, gaining positive momentum in his play and, and our team's comfort playing in front of him is a very healthy thing for our team. Austin is such an important player for the team, and he goes down at a, at a critical time. Can you describe kind of what your sense of the team is at that moment as they process that? Yeah, I mean, it's there wasn't a whole lot of time left in the game, so, I mean, our, our guys just stayed with it. We didn't finish the... You know, we didn't up until the breakaway at the very end. We didn't finish the last few minutes very well. But um, going into overtime, things are a little unsettled there. You know, the guys we go with and the pairs we go with are are mixed up a little bit. But I, I thought our guys were just focused on going out and uh, getting it done. And um, you know, overtime is could go either way all the time. And, and uh, happy it went our way here today. But I thought our guys just kept their kept their focus and just kept playing. All right, there is the Leafs head coach following the 4-3 overtime win against the Hurricanes. Uh, Gordo, you and I will be back with a post-game pod after the Flames game, and then we got the game on Saturday against the Canucks. Always fun uh, being on with you. Yeah, no, looking forward to it. They head out to Western Canada. Looking forward to that trip as well. Yeah, always fun uh, when they head out west, and always fun when Leafs fans take over those buildings. Uh, I hope to see that, and I hope to hear from you guys again when we're back with a post-game pod after the Leafs and Flames. That is Thursday. Thanks so much for listening to Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan.